This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Redefining Success, the show where we speak to passionate people from various fields about their careers and lives, what makes them tick and how they define success. I'm Darshan Johan. On today's episode, I have with me Kannan Murugesan. He's a freelance personal trainer. He also specializes in cycling and running. Welcome to the show, Kannan. How are you? Hi, Dashran. I'm fine. I'm very good. Thank you. And thanks uh, t- for having me again. The last time uh, I was at the studio was with Dr. Hajit Singh and also Dr. George Lee. Many, many years ago, by the way. Yes, so um, that is um, perhaps on the health and living show that my colleagues do. Um, So this is the first time you're coming on Redefining Success. And I want to start this conversation by asking you to tell me a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Um, What exactly does a freelance personal trainer do? Okay, I've been a personal trainer since the year 2001, actually. So coming to about 22 years. Uh, Freelance personal trainer means uh, we're not... uh, tied to any big gyms or any gyms so we are free to go we can train people at the parks uh, or anywhere mm-hmm. so for for myself uh been that doing that for 17 years and the first five years in in the big gym so uh didn't like the idea of hitting targets so i wanted i was passionate about uh, a lot of things so i came out and also um, i'm also the one and only first and only ultraman of uh, malaysia uh, what does Ultraman uh, mean? Malaysia, Ultraman, yes. It also have a Malaysia book of record. Yes, it's not the, the cartoon thingy that you watch. <laughs> Ultraman is a, a race in Canada. It's an ultra triathlon. Right. Uh, as you may know, there's a, this thing called Iron Man in Langkawi, which is a 3.8-kilometer swim, 180-bike, and 42-kilometer run. So Ultraman is a 10-kilometer swim, 421-kilometer bike, and 84-kilometer run. So that's like a, a huge thing. Uh, and I've done it twice uh, and supposed to be the third one, but COVID hit and I had to cancel it. And I put on a little bit of weight. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's, that's something else. So you are, you're already the, the Ultraman of Malaysia. Um, incredibly, yes. you needed incredible fitness levels to be able to achieve that. Um, but, yes. you know, doing fitness is one thing. Training people is another thing. Why did you choose to become a fitness trainer? Uh, actually, to be frank with you, I did not choose to be a trainer. Right. Uh, I actually studied electromechanical engineering. Wow. Um, you know, that was the in thing back in the 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, all the parents want you to do that. <laughs> uh, it's it's actually a long story. Uh, if you want me to dig into that now or maybe afterwards, <laughs> right. slightly longer. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Let's, let's go to that then. Um, when, yeah, yeah. before you become a fitness trainer... I'm, I'm guessing yes. that at some point, you know, growing up, you you were already interested in fitness to some degree. When did your journey in fitness begin? Well, when I was young, um, I, I grew up in Butterworth, uh, Penang. Hmm. Uh, I was only into swimming, not running at all. Uh, cycling was the kids thingy last time, right. right? And then I heard when I was 15 years old, I heard about this triathlon thingy. And I was like, oh, one day I'm going to do that. Uh, one fine day, but that day never comes because once you go into college and you think you start working, you think you can afford, you think you want to do things, but <laughs> never happened. Uh, and then after my electromechanical engineering, uh, I, I uh, did work in the Selangor Turf Club that was uh, horse racing, doing broadcasting actually. 
Mm. Uh, we broadcast to Singapore, Ipoh, and all that. Uh, and then, you know, after three years, uh, the opportunity came in. I bought a bicycle for a very cheap bicycle, and then I wanted to do a, a half uh, iron distance. That means a half of a full uh, distance. It's a 1.9k swim, uh, 90k bike, 21k run. Back then, you don't have internet. You don't have much information. And I was asking around some of the coaches back then and nobody gave me a direct answer. They even said, oh, you can eat roti canai, whatever you want. <laughs> so I was a bit upset that I couldn't get the information. And you know, I really wanted to do this. So I, I took up a course, a personal training course, not to become a trainer because I wanted to do this. Right. I, I wanted to finish a half iron man, a half iron distance, right. they call it. Yes. In oh. the Saru. Uh, was in the year 2000. Right. So, okay. but before we get into that, right? You took you took the personal yep. training course. Growing yep. up, were you always um, interested in sports? Uh, was it something that you took seriously? For example, like some people, like their pa- parents may be athletes, and so since five years old, they're asking their kid to go for a two point four km jog no. and, and things like that. Wait, wait, wait! wait. <laughs> not at all, Anasha. Right. Not at all. Uh, you know, I grew up in kampongs. We run around police and thief stuff. Right, right, right. Not knowing anything about hydration. You know, nowadays kids they have like seven days. Uh, stuff program for them <laughs> we just run around must come back looking at the sun we know when, what right. time to come back and all that yes no i was never uh mm. never was uh and and in fact uh during school time i hope my parents are not listening i started puffing and stuff like that right. so no not a healthy life choice and never interested in sports at all right so when did that come about like that real interest because you said like you know you wanted to do this this half iron man then after that you were like you know, okay, I so I have to take a certificate to, to really get the knowledge to, to be able to conquer this. Why? That means that is something that you, that already shows a certain sort of goal in fitness, uh, a certain sort of mountain that you're trying to, to sort of climb and uh, sort of figuratively speaking, right? A mountain that you're trying to climb and conquer. Why? How did that come about? All right. So while I was working at the Turf Club, mm. I started, uh, my passion in sports grew. I, I started working, volunteering myself at the Tour de Langkawi, which is the biggest cycling event with international people from 98. And then I got jerseys, free jerseys from the teams and, uh, you know, looking at them, how they do it. Uh, it grew my interest and then I started watching you know, the disc- they call them disgrace, but he's still my idol, Lance Armstrong, which I eventually met him in the Tour of Ireland. But anyway, you know, and then I started reading his book and motivated. And then I started, hey, you know what? It's about time that I, you know, when I was 15, I wanted to do this. Why not you do that? Uh, that's how I, I, I started the interest. And then the setback was nobody was there to, to teach me anything at all. Right. So you, you went and got the, the certification. How did that um, sort of, what did you learn when you were doing the certification and what happened after you got the certification? Um, I'm I'm guessing you didn't, after that, you didn't immediately become a trainer. Um, Like you said, that was not your interest. So, So what happened after the certification? Right, I did the first half distance. I cried at the finish line because the joy was like, oh my goodness, right. the pain, of course, it was uh, mm-hmm. too much. And at the same time, the joy, and I cried at the finish line. It took me seven hours to finish the first one, seven, four or something. Um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, while I was an engineer, I wanted to grow. I, I was a technician at the Turf Club. I, I got a job uh, as an engineer, supposed to go to the US. I would make my father happy, you know, be an engineer or whatnot. <laughs> 
Uh, and then I went for a meeting, uh, uh, interview, the next interview. Uh, I was the only two percent. I didn't got it. I was so sad. And then, you know, I was just blank. I, I don't, I don't want to be in the turf club uh, working forever. I mean, mm. it's not that it's not good or anything. It's just I, I had different goals. I was young. And then I, the following year, I did another uh, uh, half iron distance at the same venue. Hmm. All right. And then the, the, the feeling was, you know, once you finish and while you're training for it, the, the passion, the feeling of being fit, uh, it was just amazing. Then after that, I quit uh, without another job. Everybody was like, no, you, you, you can't do that kind of stuff. Uh, you got to have another job. Before. No, I took chances. And then I went for volunteering for the Tudi Lankawi and whatnot. And then, uh, and then I said to myself, you know what? Why not I try? Since I have already have the certificate, why not I give it a try? You know, just a local gym. And then I started somewhere in Ampang for about two years. Mm -hmm. Then I said, after two years, if I don't like it, I can always come back to engineering. So right. that's how it started. Then, of course, after two years, I never looked back. Then here I am after 22 years as a trainer with my own company, Mission Fit. I registered after I came out on my own. That's that's absolutely wonderful, um, and I, I I've been to your one of your classes before your your spin classes, yes. and, and honestly, it was fantastic. I like it really, really. Yes. I think you're a really good trainer. Um, now, so how has that um journey been like? Um, your your fitness journey from the time that you got your first certification, um, like you said, until now, like you know, twenty years has passed. The rest has you know, as they say, is history. But yes. talk to me about that evolution of your of yourself um, as a personal trainer from the time where you got your first or second certification you worked um, you know in, in your first gym how have you evolved as a trainer since then um as I, as I said earlier uh, the first five years I was in the gym but at the same time I I like to travel mm. so for uh, I will take like two weeks off for Tour Lankawi uh, and then I want to go for the, I even go went for the tour of Britain, tour of Ireland, five weeks away. And I take unpaid leave. And you can't do that when you're working with a, uh, a gym because back then the system was a bit different. You end up paying them instead of, you know, it's a long story, but it wasn't what I wanted to be in the fitness industry. I wanted to be happy. I was passionate about fitness, not about, it's not only about finances and making a lot of money. Of course, money nowadays would be better. <laughs> uh, back then it was different. Now the goals has changed a little bit though, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, so I came out uh, on my own in 2006 with a few clients, very few clients, charging them about 80 ringgit, uh, 60 ringgit, 80 ringgit. And I was happy. You know, I, I can manage to pay the bills. I can take a day off. I travel everywhere. It was amazing. And then uh, 2010, uh, bought myself a home. And that's when, you know, you start to limit yourself doing things. But during that journey, I was still uh, doing like 14 Ironmans. Every year I was doing uh, Ironman in Langkawi. And then while I was traveling, I did the UK Ironman. In fact, I, I qualified for the Ironman World Championship in Hawaii mm. uh, back in 2005. So the journey was was very, very nice. And I, I was happy. Uh, all my passion, happiness was there. Of course, the money was not there. Lah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let, right? Let's talk a little bit about that, Kanan. Um, uh, because you, you, you mentioned the, the money thing a, a number of times. Um. How do yes. you define success? Where you are today, you've been doing this for 20 years. How do you define success? 
Okay, uh, success uh, for me. <laughs> It's basically happiness, hmm. health. If you ask me five years ago before COVID, that's the full stop. Hmm. But nowadays, I would say having good some good finance is also a success. Hmm. I'm going to be very right. frank about that because each one each one of it complements each other you can't have health only and then not having the money because you're still going to go mental and that's not good health and if you have uh, lots of money but you don't have the health you, you know the three combination and for some people the happiness comes in form of family or doing what you like or that that depends on each individual but a balance of three i would say will be perfect That's what I. That's what I would say a success in life. So you um, said COVID nineteen um, that happened. You know, twenty twenty. I mean, it's still there, but yes. at the peak of it, twenty 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 to twenty twenty two or twenty 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 end of twenty twenty one around there. Yeah. What? How did it change your life? I mean, it impacted everybody. But yes, yes, you said your idea of success, how you view money, changed because of COVID. How did it change you? What happened? Because before COVID, uh, uh, <laughs> I work just to pay off the bills. Hmm. If I got extra, I'm fine with it. I've always been that kind of person, and I'll travel, pay, use the credit card, and come back, pay it off. Uh, of course, if there's more than I'll put it uh, put for savings, which actually helped me during the COVID a little bit. So I didn't have to dig out my uh, biggest the 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 deep uh, savings fund. Right. But it was I was at the limit. Uh, I was one of the affected because I cannot go out and I did some online classes, you know, like uh, the, the ultra spin cycling class, and clients doing online and whatnot. But what what I what what happened was, which I did, never realized that it did make a difference when you're affected mm-hmm. financially, even though you know you have savings. But the thought that 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 woke me up actually. That really woke me up. The thought that the money is not coming in and it might go further, it it gave me uh you know a little bit of stress to be frank. Yes, absolutely. I want to go back to your childhood a little bit. How were you mm-hmm. during your schooling days? Um, you touched on it a little bit. Um, you said yeah. that you you're a bit of the a bit of a naughty kid. You didn't you know necessarily <laughs> you know just sit in class and 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 all of that. Um. Yes. What what were your interests and ambitions back then? Did you want to become a, a electronic engineer um, and, and things no. like that, or was that you know because you are Indian like me, yes. so you know it's either doctor, <laughs> lawyer, engineer. You know that's the stereotype, right? Tell me a bit about your childhood and your schooling days. You know, I, I was never a studious person. Mm. Uh, I just got through uh, everything. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, but never a person who likes to study, mm. never had much dreams. But I wanted to be a pilot, though. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it was it's, a, it's just a dream. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a pilot um, because I can travel, mm. uh, and you know, apparently you can make a lot of money being a pilot. That's what they said last time, lah. Right. Anyway, uh, and then and then I realized that at uh, when I was form three, I started wearing spectacles. So obviously, you can't be a pilot. And then I never had any any uh, thing that I wanted to do until after my SPM, and then everybody was doing engineering, as you said. You know, either doctor, engineer. So yeah, I came to Kuala Lumpur and then uh, signed up uh, just just to you know also to please my parents mm-hmm. uh, because engineering is one of the best choice back then. Right, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, so how did your parents react when you told them you're going to be a fitness trainer? Dashran, I wish I could laugh about this, actually. Uh, My dad, especially. Mm. Oh, my goodness. You know, back uh, in the early 2000s, personal training or or fitness or whatever it is. And as you said, uh, you know, as a machas, fitness is not the in thing with uh, our ethnicity. and also for whole Malaysians back right. then, it was very, very less. That's why personal training was not even an in thing until about 2003. And it's a multi-million and billion ringgit industry now. But back then, nobody would pay you even 50 ringgit to train you for an hour. I'm like, hey, I can, you know, I don't. Food, yes. <laughs> so my dad, uh, he was like, what, what are you doing? I, I, do, I can't even explain to him, right? Yeah. I, I can't. I, I can't say I'm training people ex- to exercise. You'll be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, he after after about two years, he was even asking me. He was worried about me. He was asking, "Are, are you okay? Are you earning money? Uh, can you come back to Penang? I can get you a job in uh, Subranjaya at the factory, be a technician or whatever." I said, "Dad, no, no, it's okay. I'm fine." And he was very upset. It took me five years, five years, and then I went back. Uh, I bought a second-hand car, and he can see, "Oh wow, you got a car." Uh, and then, you know, that I told him that, that look, I'm happy. That's the main thing. Okay. I'm happy with what I'm doing. That's the key thing. And I can afford to pay my bills. That is the key thing. Just hold on uh, for a bit more. And, and he started to accept that. Yes. It mm. was a struggle, to be frank with you. Yes. It, it seems to me that, you know, his concern, just like I guess most parents... Uh, you know, in that sense is, you know, can can you survive if you're, you're saying all these, you know, strange jobs that I've never heard of, are you going to be able to survive? And I think even today, one, you know, fitness is so much, like you said, it's it's now it's the trend. I mean, if anything is going to be a trend, I'm, I'm glad fitness is a trend. Um, that's good um, to a certain yeah. extent. Um, um, you know, I, I, I'm, it's, it's you know, fitness trainers and all, it, it is a job, there is a job market there and all of yes. that. But going back to the basic question i you know that the question a lot of parents might i think the concern is still there um become a fitness trainer can make money uh, kanan <laughs> uh, irene irene lee is my uh mentor mm. who uh, did the course uh back in year year 99 or 2000 mm-hmm. uh she told me uh well, i wanted to do it for my race only right and then mm. she said if you want to make this uh, uh work she told me you can't go far it's not going to pay your bills. <laughs> right. That was, that's what, and I did went for it. Uh, back, that was back then. And then, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, and you, you should know, it's a multi-million and billion ringgit industry now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to, and I have a little bit of regret because my colleagues from uh, some of the big gyms, they have opened a studio, uh, they even have training centers and they're doing so well. And some have become uh, master trainers, which I could have done so many things. But I still wanted my holiday in the, the bicycle races <laughs> and, and all that. I, I, was, I still wanted to be free. Okay. Mm. So if you want to become, uh, to make it a career, yes, it's, it's still possible. You can still make uh, money. But the, the are process, but people nowadays think that, oh, I just have to be a trainer. I know how to have a nice body. That's it. Uh, no, it, it takes a lot more than that. I know a lot of people are posting the six packs. I don't have one, sorry. <laughs> well, once upon a time I had, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they and, and people get 
I don't know what's the scenario now, but some people get, you know, oh, he can have six packs. Uh, he's a good trainer. All right, let's go for a very quick break. On the show with me today is Kandan Murugesan, a freelance personal trainer. We will continue our conversation after the break. Keep it here on Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Redefining Success. I'm Darshan Johan and on the show with me today is Kannan Murugesan. He's a freelance personal trainer. So, Kannan, when it comes to, let's say, you know, making personal training or, or just being a fitness trainer as a, as a career, you know, I, I was talking to someone um, who is in the industry, um, you know, and he said that, you know, interestingly to... To you know, to be successful in this industry, uh, or to to make a career out of this industry, oftentimes you need to be a better salesman than being better at working out of fitness necessarily. That that's how he put it. Uh, how how yes. do you agree with that? That that was the first five years <laughs> that right. I was in the gym, right? And it was purely sales. And and uh, you know, the exact word. Uh, there I was focusing on technique, uh, making my clients happy, and that dude, seventeen year old who came in, he was the top uh, top trainer for that. I mean, I'm not gonna give you names or yeah, whatever. Yeah, of course, of course. And we, we the we the bunch of the older guys, we were like, what? Uh, but he just made sales, the, the top personal training sales. Mm. Uh, so, but he became the top trainer, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, yes, you are right. At uh, they, they, but the good thing is I learn how to make the sale, but I'm not gonna use it throughout. That's not my passion. Sales is not my passion. Right. Money used to be not my passion. Now, I know it's still not my passion. But you need to survive. Finance. You you need to survive. So you need to have a balance of three. So I've changed a little bit now. Right. Yeah. So on that note. Um, like you said, uh, it's very. I, I'm glad you brought that example out, right? Like you said, you are focusing on X, Y, and Z. Suddenly, this 17 year old guy becomes the best trainer, not yes. necessarily because yes. of his training abilities, but because of his um, sales and PR abilities, um, um, so to speak. Yes. What then would you say makes a good trainer? Sales is important. Mm. Because at the end of the day, revenue is, you know, from the sales. Right. But training, the, the technique, safety, uh, because we're talking about fitness. Right. As, uh, someone told me that it's, uh, being a fit, personal trainer, fitness trainer is next to a doctor because we do go through CPR. We need to know the uh, health. And we actually do a questionnaire before even hiring a client because there, if there, you have three or more um uh, rate signs, we, we need to get you to a doctor to get a clearance. So, no, it's not about just uh, making a sale and trying to train the person. It's not only about uh, losing weight. The li It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a whole new thing. And I've changed also in that concept uh, also uh, in a way. Yeah. So what would you say is your philosophy of fitness and what is your approach to training people? Um, so my philosophy has always been uh, that it's a lifestyle. Hmm. You see, it's a it's a lifestyle, and, and it's not only for now. It's a lifestyle until you're ninety, because I want to do my uh, iron distance or ultraman when I'm ninety, if if possible. It's a lifestyle. A lot of the younger kids nowadays they they want fast results or anyone for that matter. 
sometimes they want fast results. So they go and do the HIIT training, uh, all the fast stuff without the base training. There's a lot of types of training that you need to build up. And then they, yes, of course, you can see the results, but the chances of injury could, can be there. And then once you're injured, then what's going to happen? You lose everything. So my philosophy has always been uh, technique first, safety, and make it a lifestyle. Because at the end of the day, if you don't enjoy it, how are you going to make it a lifestyle? You need to enjoy fitness. Mm-hmm. And in Malaysia, we 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 have nice food. We have to balance <laughs> that as well. So I I I will not ask my client. You know, when they come to me say, "I wanna I wanna lose this this this," I said, uh, "Be realistic. Can you can you you know delete the roti canai and your fried chicken <laughs> and all that? If you can do that for me, by all means, I can give you these results. But otherwise, let's be let's be realistic." So I, I approach in that way, seriously, because people and also the stress level, people work, all that makes the, it also makes a difference in the lifestyle. Because when you're highly stressed, uh, the training doesn't give you results also. And, and in a kind of lifestyle now in Kuala Lumpur, people are stuck in a jam for one or two hours coming back. Uh, yeah, it's it's a whole load of big thing, uh, Dashran. So right. my philosophy is always... Stick to the basic, keep it simple, enjoy it. You're going to stick that for life. And, you know, with all of that in mind, I'm curious, what do you think the role of a fitness trainer is? Um, whether I mean, for yourself at least, um, is it, uh, uh, you know, sort of someone who's there to teach technique, make sure you get um, all, you know, the, the basics or whatever it may be, or, you know, if you're teaching someone advanced, then it's, it's you know, goes back to, you know, sort of the knowledge that you're transferring? Or is it, um, in your experience, um, do most of the time, do people need more of motivation? So you become a, like like a motivational speaker in their lives or a, or yeah. perhaps a disciplinarian person in their life if you know your client's a bit of a lazy fella and, and you know, that that kind of thing. Um, how, how do you see your role? You know, it's an interesting question because, uh, of course, the first two or three years when I started, it was what you said just mm. now, being the motivator, teaching them about fitness and all that. Mm. And after 22 years, the role changed. Right. Uh, because some of my clients, one of my clients has been with me for 17 years. So what kind of motivation I can give, what uh, different kind of technique I can give. We become friends, become, mm. uh, become family. And I've seen the three kids grow up uh, so we, I become family and, uh, you know, being human, sometimes, uh, they will share things with you. So you have to be a confident person, um, and help them. There are ups and downs in their lives and my life uh, also. So you become more than a trainer apart from motivating, but there is a, at some point I did cross the line and then, uh, you know, it is you. You gotta have that line. You still, because when when they uh, cannot afford you or they want to go overseas, I like uh, uh, I had a family of from US. Hmm. And when they went went away, they've been with me for like uh, six or seven years. Uh, Katie, I, I felt very empty because they were like a family. Right. Uh, and then when they went away, so you there is a line that you draw that. You become family, but still, you know, you need to know that at some point you you have to separate. Right. 
So basically, it's it's not only about training, mm-hmm. and especially after you've been longer, you you become good friends, you become family. I've even have to take care of kids, <laughs> or the dogs, <laughs> things like that. So it's it's a lot more than that. Actually. Right, that's very interesting. Now switching gears, right? Um, when it comes to personal training, um, there are all mm. sorts, and within the field of fitness, there are all sorts. There are some people who are bodybuilders, there are some powerlifters, there are crossfitters, there are so many different things. Um, but I get this. I I mean, you, you perhaps can train in many different fields, but I get the sense that your passion um, is more towards cycling and, and running. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, why, why do you like cycling and running so much? Cycling uh, is actually my, my main one mm-hmm. uh, because you get to go far, <laughs> further. Right. And then the thrill of the speed and going in a peloton, uh, it's just amazing. And of course, I, I've been, as I said, I, I work with the bicycle racers, mm-hmm. uh, watching the race. So that built up a lot of, and you, you, I, I didn't know that when, when I joined the groups uh, here, it, we got a lot of groups in, in Malaysia, by the way. So they go to kampongs and, and there is one, one ton stall in the middle of nowhere that all the cyclists go. Uh, and the outskirts, just about an hour, two hours away from Kuala Lumpur. It was amazing. You know, uh, running is uh, the runner's high is real. I got mm. that before. Uh, it's amazing. And uh, recently we got ultra running. There's a lot of ultra runnings. They run for 40 hours and whatnot. Uh, running is nice when I want to travel because I can't carry my whole bicycle. Right. But yes, cycling has always been my passion. And also I started with the spin classes mm. together with my personal training. And it's always been my passion. Uh, and I love music. I, I play the best music in my class. Uh, they're doing freestyle classes. So yeah, cycling is the main actually. Yeah. Absolutely. So paint me a, a, a sort of a day in the life of Kanan. Um, you're a freelance trainer. What does that mean um, in terms of how you structure your day-to-day? How grueling can your days get? Um, you wake up in the morning and then what? Uh, some days you can start uh, back then. Before, before COVID, I... Mm-hmm. I my clients, I have 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. So I get up at like 5 in the morning. And then uh, go ahead. I could be even a run with my clients or students. Hmm. All right. And then after that, I take a break. I have my first breakfast. The earlier I wake up, the more breakfast I have. But I eat small amounts of food. And then after that, the following session, 8 o'clock, uh, I make it a point that I don't sit much when I'm training because it, it shows... Uh, as a role model, hmm. you know, and also there's techniques involved, so I can't just sit. So a lot of standing involved, and then after that, maybe a second breakfast, and then it could be a spin class, all right? Spin class, and then again, I'm I'm going to have to expand energy. Mm-hmm. So that's like two or three hours already, uh, standing, running, and cycling. But the good thing is uh, I get to nap in the afternoon because when people are working, I don't, I don't work. Right. Because they're in the office, right? Correct. Uh, that, that depends also, like, uh, you know, some, I, I'm focusing more on older folks now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, husband and wives at home, retirees. So I, I get to fill in some slots in the afternoon. But yes, it's a long day. And then after that, I, can, I get to nap. And then again, it starts all in the evening again. Yes. Hmm. And then uh, also to mention that uh, this whole cycling thingy, it's... Uh, it's amazing. I, I get to see people. Uh, I've started with the, I just want to mention a special, uh, this visually impaired people, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've am i been coaching them for five years now in, in one of the gyms in town and they're completely blind. 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know the joy that they they, they show. Uh, maybe you have the question afterwards, but anyway, I, I just in, before I forget, they are the most happiest bunch I've ever seen, apart from all the other people. Left. Right, and yes. so let's let's talk about that. Um, before we talk about the you know some of the biggest joys that you experience as a personal trainer, um, what are some of the biggest challenges? Ah, oh, challenges. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, challenges. Um, you know how personal trainers usually try to portray that they are, you know, they are fit always. Mm. They have to be the role model, everything. And yeah, I'm gonna be the frank. Best bodies. Uh, yes, and <laughs> I will always have to be that. That I'm gonna be frank. It's been mm-hmm. 22 years. Mm-hmm. I've ha- I've had my ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I cannot be that fit all the time. I have my own ups and downs. And, you know, it's life's uh, process also, uh, be it financially or health. So I've, I've gone up and I've been super fit to recently after COVID, I put on seven kilos. That was my highest weight uh, ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm struggling. I, I have to admit I'm struggling. I can, I, I know the way, but I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. So that that is my own personal struggle. But at the same time, I want to be a good role model. I have to uh, show that I am. So there's a stress involved. People don't see uh, and because I am out in the front as a sports MC, also I'm in front of a few thousand people, and some of most of them know that I'm I'm also a trainer. I'm an ultraman. Hey, how come he's so fat? Ah, huh? right. <laughs> you know. They, so that that's the pressure. And second of all, when it comes to clients or students, when they lose motivation or when they uh, put on a little bit of weight or a lot of weight, and then when they don't tell me that they've ha- actually had their fried chicken for the whole week. <laughs> So that's a struggle, and I I do take it as a respon- my responsibility, uh, in a way, and right. I struggle to find that that I have to rethink about the strategy of how to talk to them, the training and all that. So it it is uh, a constant process. It's not about me seeing the client after that I train him and then after that okay you go away. Hmm. No, that's where uh, as a freelance trainer you need to have that special touch, become a family and and so forth. So on the flip side, what uh, some of the biggest joys of doing what you do? Yes, uh, this uh, is always been my main goal because I know when I crossed that line 22 years ago at the half uh, iron distance, the joy that I had, I, I want to pass that on hmm. to, to each and every one. And, and, and to be frank with you, before the fitness industry, I had hair. <laughs> I still have. <laughs> I still have, actually. <laughs> I was, in fact, the first uh, matcha to, to do the Iron Man. I was in Tamil Nation papers and whatnot. Wow. Anyway, uh, so it, it's, it's, I was never a confident person. I can never even talk in front of three people. Hmm. But fitness has changed my life to be more confident because uh, it forces me to be in front. I need to talk to people. And then there's this thing about being fit that builds your confidence. Hmm. Yeah. So I tried to, uh, started to to make a small group of triathlon. And now I even have my ultra spin uh, khakis who, who go for races. And recently, one of them, a uh, few of them did the half iron distance. One of them did the Olympic uh, shorter distance sprints. And then I, I am there to support them. And then when they cross the finish line, that is the joy for me. And then the spin class members, uh, they look forward. They book like fully booked uh, three days before. That is also a joy for me. And then once they finish, they scream. 
they they laugh and then the the vip the uh, visually impaired people they sing along uh it, it's a special thing for me uh when when i see them achieving the goal uh even if it's not the weight loss or anything which i don't focus on much anymore as a lifestyle it's a finish that is purely the joy for me and it's always been my passion to pass that on what i felt so you mentioned sports mc's uh, earlier which is something very fascinating what exactly is a sports mc oh basically i cover all the triathlons uh, duathlons uh, running events marathons and recently the ultra running uh, running races right uh, so I, I i am the host and the mc for the race Right. So I started about 13 years ago about 2010 or 11. And trust me, uh when I mentioned that before my fitness industry I can't talk to the three people in front of me, <laughs> that was the biggest challenge for right. me as a sports MC. Nobody knows. They think that, you know, I can stand in front of people, oh, you're so cool. No, I I still get the jitters and I still get anxiety even for this interview. I want to prepare and I get a bit of anxiety as well. It's always been which is good. I I they say so i am well prepared the sports mc that means uh so the best part about uh, me being a sports mc is i have done this before mm-hmm. and i know how important it is to call their name at the finish line right. to welcome them and uh before the race i actually give tips especially for the, uh, the beginners and also in the beginning the early years uh, i was introduced as the ultraman so they feel confident they can come and have a chat with me i can give them tips uh even before the race so that that was very very interesting and and uh talking about earlier you said my my life uh, a, a day in my life mm-hmm. as a trainer so now as a sports mc uh, i i do ultra uh, i i have a ultra mc hashtag now because i do ultra running races now that that people they do 100 to 160 kilometers mm-hmm. in 3 days uh yes and i will flag them off and then sleep in the car or uh, if it's, there's no nearby hotel and then after that in the middle of the night i i want i really i really uh, i want to call each and every i can't do that every time but i would like to because they do 100 kilometers right? right they when they come back to the finish line it'll be nice in the middle of the 2 o'clock in the morning to call their name and say hey you made it to this ultra race you finish your congratulations so i sleep like 2 or 3 hours or sometimes uh, half a day continue again in the middle of the night the last event that i did i actually slept at the finish line beside the <laughs> timing system guy something like that yes it's interesting i'm i'm a sports mc now it's it's uh, i'm proud of that i'm proud that i can actually stand in front of people uh, compete sometimes i can't even believe that before my fitness industry how i was and how i am now i got to pinch myself and say wow uh, wow amazing you can stand in front of 5000 or 10000 people That's yes. absolutely wonderful to hear. Before we <laughs> wrap this conversation up Kanan, I'm um, just one yes. more question. So, for anybody listening and and they say I want to be Kanan one day, what advice would you give? Uh, <laughs> can I say no? <laughs> no, I was I was kidding. I was kidding. Um it, you know, you got to be passionate about fitness mm. and I got to admit that when I first did the Ultraman I was like whoa you know I am the Ultraman you know <laughs> so no uh you got to be humble uh you, you got to know your ground because yes you are the Ultraman but there are other people who have done so many other things you know always uh be humble be nice help everyone uh my, my again my keyword is always about passion people mistake passion with money hmm. 
and passion for passion. So I, when I do events or even train people, if they can't afford, I, I even give them for free. Hmm. Now that is what you call passion. Uh, are you willing? I always ask them, are you willing to train someone for free? Uh, and give 110% of your effort. That's what I call passion. Uh, you, you can go far and, and dream, dream, keep dreaming. I've, I've, all the things that I've done so far, it's all, I've dreamt about it. Uh, a year before the Hawaii, I went, I remember, because to be in the, in the world championship, there's no way you can. I just dreamt about it. And then the next year I was there. So don't stop dreaming, keep dreaming, but make sure your dream is, even if it's unrealistic, just dream, be kind, help people as much as you can. Tanen, thank you so much for joining me yes. today. Thank you so much, Darshan. It's, it's been a pleasure uh, to join you again uh, with BFM. Uh, thank you for inviting me. That was Kandan Murugesan. He's a freelance personal trainer. If you missed any part of the show, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.